Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Yeah, can you believe school? And like, we have our new gymnastics schedule now too. So like, it's just trying to get on track. Get your rhythm going again. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe how early like school starts. Because this is like early August, which is bizarre. It's super early. South Carolina doesn't start till like the last week of August. Like when I was in school, it was September, girl. (laughs) Like there was no August starting. I've always started at the end of August, but like, since the kids have been in school, we've never started before Connor's birthday. Like, so it's a bit insane. Yeah. That's insane. So anyway, we've just been doing that. And like, of course I take on things that had deadlines this week and I was like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Deadlines. I know. The deadline was on Monday and I, I actually didn't wait till the, I mean, I kind of waited till the last minute, but like, (laughs) I'm done. And the deadline's Monday. <laughs> That's so crazy. I know I have like a couple of things that I have to do this weekend. Like <laughs> we're recording. Well, we're not recording, but we're we're doing our monthly CE today, which um, we're doing that on um, DKA. And then we're going to record another episode this afternoon because I will be on a road trip next week. So we can't record. Um, and then I just have to get some stuff done for work. And this week for me has been all about adulting, (laughs) like, like dealing with, um, (laughs) dealing with paperwork stuff. And, uh, my driver's license expired last week and I didn't realize it, but my vet tech, my, my RVT license, I renewed that like three months ago. But for some reason, my driver's license, I just was like, ah, whatever. And um, so it, it expired. And so that was, that was a whole thing. Oh my God, that was crazy. So I couldn't, I couldn't legally drive for a week and a half, which was fine because I was working from home, but it was pretty mm. funny. Um, yeah. So it was, it was like a whole bunch of adulting and uh, next week's going to be crazy because I have to get a bunch of stuff done for work. And then I leave on Friday and it's just like, <sighs> oh yeah like i'm so over traveling and my parents are moving to tennessee at the end of this month too and so my mom's like come visit and see the new house and i'm like okay oh that's (laughs) crazy it's only like a six hour drive yeah so you know uh busy and we'll be recording later so that'll be that'll be kind of it'll be fun though i mean you know so when we say how was your week we'll talk about the same week (laughs) It'll be much shorter banter at the beginning next next week. Yeah. Other like I will apologize. My my poor dog is laying behind me. My old dog. She's nineteen, and I think she had like a minor stroke. Oh Um, no! And so she's in nursing. I I would say hospice care, but she's still eating and drinking really well, and she's improving every day. That like she's just not giving up. Yeah, I kind of call it hospice care, even though it's like, 
Because you're not going to go like crazy above and beyond, but you're going to keep them comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's on some headsets and some pain meds and like, but her walking's improving and like she has feeling in all of her legs. It's just minor in some of the legs. Like it's just, Aww. but like, I her out front yesterday because of course I've been feeding her like anything she'll eat, which she's eating well. Like I probably could just put her back on her regular food, but like I've been like spoiling her, giving her baby food and canned food and stuff. And so she busted out with diarrhea yesterday and then it got bloody. And I was like, oh, oh <laughs> like, man. Um, but like I've been taking her outside and like she, no joke, was like almost like running through the front yard yesterday. Like <laughs> she, her right front limb doesn't work the greatest. And she's muscle wasted everywhere else just because she's 19. Right. So like she struggles, but she's getting around and um so anyway, if you hear her in the background, she makes these like moaning noises because she gets frustrated and pissed off that she can't like she can stand up on her own. It just takes a lot more work than normal. Oh yeah, no, I get it. Like, uh, poor old lady. Yeah, I came to check on her in the middle of the night last night, thinking that like because what she's been doing all week is just kind of like rolling off of her bedding, and then like I'll find her somewhere in my office, like just laying there yeah. but I was checking on her last night because I heard her and she's standing up under my desk and I was like what are you and then she like walked over to the door when I walked in I was like okay guess we're <laughs> we're walking now oh man I know and I was preparing my family too I was like you know like this this is probably like the last round of like things that we're gonna do for Dolce and stuff like that and no joke since I said it she's like <laughs> jokes on you she's like yeah 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 no I'm not ready yet <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh that's funny uh, animals sorry yeah i know it's like one of those well I mean, you know like as a tech like you don't really everything goes out the window like so trying to determine like when is the right time is so much like more difficult but i'm just like i'm basing it off of just her eating and drinking and like she's still eating and drinking so like she literally has not skipped a meal since this happened yeah yeah no i i remember dealing with that with nikki it's like yeah you're eating you're still you know acting normal okay so you're you know you're ataxic but you're doing fine right and then at the end it was you stopped eating like that was the big thing for him because he's always like he's been a he was always like a picky eater but he would Mm -hmm. always eat like he was a free feed just like grazer and then i was like nope you're not doing that anymore okay yeah, that'll probably be how it is for Dolce because Dolce, like, just she's never been a picky eater. Like, she always eats. And, like, mind you, I'm feeding her baby food and canned food and like boiled chicken right now. <laughs> she's like, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she devoured a chicken breast this morning. I was like, easy. Like, <laughs> so nice. it's one of those things where it's like, and originally, like, right after, so she had like a really bad seizure. And then I think like that seizure really was like a stroke like episode. And um, that first day she ate a little, but like not her normal, like not well. And yeah. so like I got food and stuff like that. But like since then her appetite's increasing every day that I'm just like, okay, well, we're, we're just going to sling you and like, I'll hold you up outside. Like she's only 20 pounds. So it's right. like, You're like, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Um, so we do have one um, housekeeping 
well, a couple housekeeping things. So uh, we got a shout out from uh, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Um, so she she posted in one of the Facebook groups in the Overwhelmed at Tech Facebook group because I'm in that one. So hey, everybody that's in that one. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's a fun one. I like it. Um, so she posted that she's she basically you know found us and um. My favorite thing is she put, I'm learning so much and I don't feel stupid listening to Yvonne and Jordan explain things, which, yay, <laughs> like that, that was cool. And I, and I chatted with her a little bit um, afterwards. Cause I was like, thank you obviously for recommending us. Um, so hi, Caitlin. <laughs> um, and then we're doing our CE today. Um next month's CE we're talking about Addison's uh mm. so you can if you want to get the invite for that just join the newsletter so go to internal medicine for um and just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get the e- invite um if you are in the membership just remember it is included in your membership so um make sure to use your email address used when you log in um, to the membership for the login for the CE. Otherwise, um, it won't recognize you and then it'll prompt you to, to pay for it. But if you're uh, in the membership, you do use your, your, your email address and you get the, the free CE every month. So, um, just wanted to kind of, um, reiterate that. And it is every month it's race approved CE and it's, internal medicine stuff. So, uh, definitely, you know, if you need more internal medicine, CE, it's a good way to do it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all the housekeeping stuff. Uh, and this week we're, we're diving into disease, GP cardio, internal medicine. Like, I feel like it's not totally internal medicine. Well, I don't know. Like in my neck of the woods, it is not, <laughs> no, I mean, like, I haven't a positive case in almost 10 years, probably. Right. <laughs> One that um, I'm actually, like, treating and, like, dealing with. I've seen heartworm positive dogs, but, like, not for their heartworm disease. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen two heartworm positive dogs in the 19 years I've been a tech, so. I mean, we do. We do, but it's just not super common. Like, it's, it's no, pretty... Yeah, it's it's pretty rare around here. So I mean Pua had heartworm disease when I got her. It's so crazy. Poor thing. So I guess she I had everything. Wow, <laughs> well, she just had pregnancy or lichia and heartworm disease. She's fine. That's all. It's fine. Yeah. They're, they're, all right. Well, I'm gonna let you run this business because uh you did the notes, so haha. <laughs> it was actually like it's it was kind of like the parvo episode where I was like, I know about it, but like things have changed obviously since the yeah. last time given a heartworm treatment and like so right. <laughs> oh my god it's so true <laughs> so anyway heartworm disease is or it's also called diarofilariasis um a lot of people are probably familiar with it i remember when i learned about heartworm disease in tech school because like i went to tech school up in ohio and so like we also didn't see it very often they're like you're gonna see it maybe like once or twice a year here and no joke my first day on externship we had a dog that tested positive for heartworm disease and I was like oh my god because like in tech school they're like yeah you know it's a fatal disease like it's really bad blah 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 and so like when I 
I did the heart room test on this dog in my externship and like I almost cried because it tested positive and I was like it's gonna oh. and like the sweet doctor like the externship I went on like I love that place his doctor was like, no, like there's treatments and stuff like that. Like, and he taught me everything about heartworm disease. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> you're like, holy moly. <laughs> I, was, I was like freaking out. I was like, there's no way my first case is going to be a dog that dies in a month. Oh no, that would be horrible. Yeah. I was Ugh. real upset about it. Um, anyway, so it's caused by a bloodborne parasite known as Dyrofilaria imidis. Uh, which man, this brings me back to tech school. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> All and right, here so we go. Actually be like upwards of a foot long, which is mind blowing. What? Like, I know because like, you see, mean, okay. Yeah. I've seen those videos and, but still it's like, but when you say a foot long worm that lives in the heart and the lungs and like also in associated vasculature, <gasps> like it's just crazy to pick <sighs> a worm in your blood vessel. Um, ah, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I know. It's your favorite parasite. No. <laughs> oh, and I saw, on Facebook, I think it was on Facebook not that long ago, where someone posted a case. This dog came in with like a little lesion on it, the tip of its <gasps> nose. Oh, yeah. Blah. a heartworm out of it. <laughs> oh, God. I can't. No. No. Anyway, <laughs> so heartworms can cause severe lung disease. They can cause heart failure and they can also cause damage to other organs within the body. Um, there is a bacteria that lives within the heartworms. It's, I'm going to butcher this, this name. I, of- can I say it? Cause it looks so amazing. Sure. Go ahead. Go for it. Walbachia pipiens. Sounds like something out of Star Wars. It does. That's kind of why I <laughs> wanted to say it. Walbachia <laughs> <The> pipiens. Yeah. <laughs> that like lives on the same planet as the Ewoks and so yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway um this bacteria though is thought to contribute to the damage that is caused by heartworms so this is too why when we talk about treatment and stuff like that a lot of these pets go on antibiotics as well huh. um so what heartworms can do adult heartworms specifically microfilaria doesn't tend to cause as much damage but we'll talk about it um is they can clog the heart and the major blood vessels and what this does is it, uh, when it clogs the major blood vessels, like including the pulmonary artery, there's backup of blood Ooh. can cause heart failure. And then they also interfere with the function of the valves within the heart. I mean, makes oh, God. It, yeah. like you have these foot long worms chilling in your ventricle. You and- can't close doors if there's stuff in the way. <laughs> like- I know. And now it's funny because I was thinking about this this morning because like I have my little tiny vacuum in my hallway, like right next to my bedroom door. And I was trying to shut the door, but the cord was in the way and like <laughs> the lights were off. So I couldn't see. So I'm like, why is the door not shutting? Like, you're like what is happening? And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's a heartworm in the way. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> so it's essentially that same exact thing. <laughs> um, but so blood supply to the other organs of the body tends to be reduced when these heartworms are clogging our main blood vessels. Mm. makes sense um and it particularly blocks or reduces the flow of blood to the lungs the liver and the kidneys that's fine whatever (laughs) no big deal deal. so this decreased blood flow also decreases oxygen delivery and it can cause these organs to malfunction um microfilaria the the baby heartworms circulate throughout the body um but they tend to remain like in the small blood vessels 
And um, obviously because these microfilaria are about as, as wide as these small blood vessels, um, but they, they can block blood flow as well in these, in these smaller blood vessels. So it can really just cause a lot of it seems horrible. Like construction zone everywhere. Like it's just right. Like, yeah. Who needs blood to survive? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you think I would like enjoy heartworm disease more because it has to do with blood, but like. But no, no, it doesn't have to do with blood. Blood's just like the side product. <laughs> Blood's like <just> in the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh God. So the cells that are supplied uh, are nutrients and, and oxygen by these blood vessels with, you know, coming from the heart uh, can be, be damaged and they're hypoxemic and yeah. Ugh, sounds horrible. So these vessels can be deprived of nutrients and oxygen and then microfilaria themselves primarily cause damage to the lungs and the liver. And then destruction of the lung tissue can be caused by these worms as well, which tend to lead to coughing. So it's not necessarily, I mean, part of it is backflow from like the pulmonary artery being blocked and stuff like that. But a lot of it is actually destruction of lung tissue. If left untreated, like in severe cases, dogs can actually get cirrhosis of the liver because of the damage from the worms. Um, and this can appear as jaundice, uh, anemia, generalized weakness. And then of course, too, because our kidneys can be affected as well. Um, chronic kidney disease going on. Yeah. It just allows toxins to circulate and accumulate in the body. And so it's, it's a bummer, but, um, stupid heart worms are stupid. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) Heart worms are really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Dogs are the main natural host for heartworms, meaning that they live inside the dog and mature into adults, mate, and then produce (laughs) offspring as well. Um, Yep. Adult heartworms can live up to five years, which again, I think I knew, but like I didn't remember. Um, And so obviously they have five years to produce millions of microfilaria and then again those microfilaria live in the small vessels of the bloodstream where like your capillaries where the mosquitoes go and suck the blood and infect everybody else because they're jerks mosquitoes also stupid mosquitoes are stupid but not strictly because of heartworm disease that's true they're just itchy but they're stupid really dislike mosquitoes yeah i'm glad i live in an area where there's not many of them yeah that is the one plus that you <laughs> the, the one plus that i have living in california yeah. <laughs> all right well I'll take my one plus <laughs> you can take your lack of mosquitoes <laughs> i pay premium prices for lack of mosquitoes <laughs> yes you do <laughs> so cats are not a typical host for heartworms but they can get heartworms um but typically most heartworms in cats don't actually survive to the adult stage Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not a typical host form, but because cats are so small, sometimes they can just have like literally like one to three worms and, and be affected. <sighs> and they can even have no adult worms and just have like microfilaria and be affected. 
Um, and a lot of times really heartworm disease does tend to go undiagnosed in kitties. Uh, so it is important to understand that even immature worms in cats can actually cause pretty significant damage in kitties. And they actually get a condition known as heartworm associated respiratory disease or H-A-R-D hard. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's great fun in kitties because like they don't show signs and then they just die. You mean they, they, uh, they vomit up hairballs? Well, yeah. Cause they're coughing. Get it. Normal yeah, cat. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Fine, Jordan. <laughs> if they cough at all or like have hairballs at all and don't just drop dead. Oh yeah. That's horrible. Like it. I've seen on necropsy a heartworm positive cat that literally just like went outside and then dropped dead in the driveway and like foamed at the mouth a little. Oh, yeah. Sad. So anyway, how do these pets get heartworm disease? So as Yvonne kind of already alluded to, mosquitoes bite um, and they take blood from an infected animal um, and that's where they pick up microfilaria. The infective stage happens in the mosquito over 10 to 14 days. And then what happens is that mosquito then bites another dog or cat or other wild animals. We'll talk about what other animals <laughs> are susceptible. Um, uh, no. And they deposit the infective larva in like onto the surface of the animal's skin. And they enter basically, the, so they enter the pet, the new pet, through a mosquito's bite. No. <laughs> They're like, there's blood there. I'm going to go. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Um, And as many as 30 species of mosquitoes can transmit heartworms. I didn't know there was that many that species of mosquitoes. <laughs> I was like, there's that many species of mosquitoes? <laughs> Literally, that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, wait, what? Mosquitoes just not a mosquito? Yeah, I just thought Ugh. it was. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. <laughs> because mosquitoes need so many different like sub types <laughs> right? I don't know uh, this part I did know so it can take approximately six months for the larva to mature into adult heartworms um, and then of course as I already said once the adult heartworms mature they can live for five to seven years in dogs and up to two to three years in cats if they survive that's um, crazy yeah heartworms so canine heartworm disease specifically does occur all over the world uh in the united states so it tends to be more common in the south to southeast regions so again where i am with the highest numbers um of cases within like 150 miles of the gulf of mexico and the atlantic ocean and um but along the mississippi and tributaries so where it's wet <laughs> or the mosquitoes can just like live in glory <laughs> yeah. and it is so it is spreading though and it is found in regions like california oregon and washington where it's not wet and hot and no and i and it's funny because we've talked about this a little bit like i i think the first heartworm positive dog i ever saw was um right after hurricane katrina and yeah. we just had a ton of um, rescue animals come to us in the Bay Area um, and get adopted here. And those were the dogs that that had the heartworm positive. And then it was weird for like 
I don't know, like maybe three to five years after that, we had this like spike of animals that were testing positive and then it settled down again. And I think part of that was we had these infected animals and not all of them were, you know, um, treated before getting bit by a mosquito but then you know we don't have a ton of mosquitoes around here so it's it's hard for it's hard for heartworm to flare up if we don't have a ton of mosquitoes yeah it's like not as prevalent yeah and i think animals are just moving across country more frequently too so i think that's why we're seeing it in more of these areas um yeah. It's, it's definitely not as common as like with you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially right now when there's no water, so there's no mosquitoes. Well, <laughs> like where I am, like it, the mosquitoes never go away. Like even in the winter, yeah. it's still warm enough for mosquitoes. So it's like, that's why we have them. But Ugh. we also have mos- mosquitoes. They have a uh, heartworm disease in Canada as well. And mm again in areas where mosquitoes are pretty prevalent so along waterways and coastlines and a lot of the cases in canada are seen around like the southern great lakes so interesting yeah Yeah. um and then of course the greatest risk of infection is going to be where mosquitoes are actively feeding and that typically requires temperatures over 50 degrees fahrenheit or 10 degrees celsius so Mm. warm areas which is why my mosquitoes never go away because it doesn't get under 50 very often <laughs> it might for like a month of the year <laughs> that's awesome not very often so uh heart disease can infect many types of animals which i learned um because it includes dogs cats ferrets um wolves and coyotes and foxes which i like they're, when- they're all in the canada family so that makes sense yeah but it also infects sea lions they're also in the canada family i know but like (laughs) that's why they get all the weird stuff that we think about i feel bad that sea lions can get sick with that stuff because like sea lions are just so pretty that they should just live peacefully on a rock i don't know dude when we saw them in monterey with their snot coming out of them and they're coughing. <laughs> we were like, oh, <laughs> we're like, what do you have? And we kind of stayed away. <laughs> like children, though. They're like, yeah. so cute, even though they're disgusting. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. But in, in rare cases, heart disease can actually affect humans. I remember reading about the first case of like a human having heartworm disease and like human doctors were like, what? And they had to contact a veterinarian about how to treat it. And they actually <laughs> gave this person um, ivermectin to treat it. Oh my god! That's but like, crazy. it took months for them to figure out. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. And I'm pretty sure that happened. Maybe I'm making it up, but I thought it happened in South Carolina. <laughs> it was like shortly after I moved there that I read about this case, and like I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. You guys have a lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get bit a lot. Sucks. No thanks. I'm good. Yeah, my legs get like destroyed when I'm out like feeding the chickens and stuff at night. I'm just like, ugh. I can't even tell you the last time I got bit by a mosquito. So, but we also have a lot of bats. So I like the bats because they help. They eat the mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I understand the like animals, but mosquitoes are not what I like. So don't get mad at me, people. <laughs> oh my gosh, so this is completely random, but like 
Bailey this morning, there was a grasshopper on our windshield going to gymnastics. <laughs> and I'm driving like 60 miles an hour. And she's like, this poor grasshopper isn't is like barely holding on with one leg. <laughs> like, it's fine. It'll blow off here in a minute. She's like, what, just to get smacked by another car? I was like, technically, there's not another car behind us. She's like, we should pull over and save it. And I was like, <laughs> and so she's like bugs bugs lives matter and i was like i can't with you child you're like uh-uh and then, like, as she said that it blew off i was like it's gone i was like we're, we're going in. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god you're like i triaged it it's good <laughs> i was like it, it'll be fine uh and like right before we left for gymnastics we saw a cardinal eating like a really pretty moth and she's like that's just horrible like that moth is as big as the bird and i was like yeah it's a good meal like you're like are you a vegetarian child like she I, she's leaning towards that for sure but oh like, she's at that age where it's like Wah. yeah but i also know her because she's a lot like, like she eats like me like we both just eat pretty crappy so like if mm. she became a vegetarian she would like just eat mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and stuff like we've yeah. talked about her becoming vegetarian before because like i was like i'm really surprised because like we had driven past like a cow truck when we were going to to ohio and um she's like oh they're probably going to slaughter and i was like yeah i mean probably like um i was like and i've talked to her about becoming vegetarian and she's like this is really random i'm sorry and she was like, you know, I really think about it, but then I think about how much I really like bacon and steak. And I was like, yeah, like, it's good. You're like, this is a problem. <laughs> oh, so funny. Anyway, back to heart room disease. <coughs> so a lot of times in like, within- I was like, oh, did you just cough? Cause you, yeah. you got through heartworm disease. Is that what happened? I've had a cough <laughs> for like at least a week since I, since I originally got sick. Oh, that's right. That's true. Away. That mild, persistent cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the early stages, a lot of dogs, if they do show symptoms, they're very few minor symptoms. Because uh, you're dealing with microfilaria instead of the, the yeah. big worms. Yeah. So then it does progress into like a mild, persistent cough. <laughs> uh, they can have exercise intolerance. Or even just like a reluctance to exercise, not, not necessarily an intolerance, just reluctance. Uh, they can have just some fatigue after activity, decreased appetite, weight loss. And then, of course, as it progresses, they can develop heart failure. Uh, and, of, and as we all know, heart failure can lead to ascites, which is abdominal distension. So uh, pet parents might notice that first along with a cough mm-hmm. or a lot of the times when it's... I've noticed abdominal distension and decreased appetite. And, oh, you're right. They have had a cough for a couple months. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So especially if it's an inconsistent cough, a lot of people don't think much about it. I think frequently. I hear my dog (laughs) cough and I'm like, huh. What was that? I know. Um, If there is a large number of heartworms, they can develop sudden blockages of blood flow, of course, like within the heart. And that can lead to a life-threatening form of cardiovascular collapse, which is called caval syndrome. Mm, yeah. uh, and caval syndrome is presented by like a sudden onset of labored breathing, pale gums, dark or bloody um, colored urine. It can look like coffee colored urine. And then, of course, without surgical removal of the heartworm blockage, 
few dogs survive that if they get that sudden blockage if they get that sudden blockage yeah emergency and then of course it requires emergency surgery to remove the worms which not it does not look like it's an easy thing to do and not every doctor is going to do it not every doctor is going to do i mean that's opening the chest well i've is it i've also seen them go through the jugular vein though okay yes which is crazy but yeah like it's a sketchy procedure yeah like so for a lot of pet parents to actually sign off on doing something like that if they even make it to the surgical table you know it's like it's bad yeah and just just give them the heartworm treatment every month it's fine not treatment preventative preventative Yeah. yeah so um in cats though they can show signs of like coughing respiratory distress vomiting um but of course as i already said a lot of times it tends to be sudden death yeah Mm. poor kitties but you know i mean if they would just tell us that they don't feel well (laughs) oh my god earlier on then like we could help more kitties i know Kitties are like women, you know, women like the man flu. Like it, the man flu, they're like they're incapacitated. Yeah. Dogs women are, are like uh, dogs are like men and cats are like women. Oh, that's true. As much as I don't want to associate myself with a cat, like I get it. Like it's one of those things where I'm like, no, I'm fine until I'm dying. And then I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Our possible differentials on this list are going to be more of the respiratory issues. So like pneumonia, asthma, pulmonary hypertension, even just a mild upper respiratory. And then of course, we're going to suspect like heart disease or valvular disease, congestive heart failure. But of course, congestive heart heart failure is going to be on the list. Secondary to heartworms. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that is a differential, but what's causing the heart failure? Yeah. Um, Collapsing trachea will be on there. If it is just like inappetence, then you can throw every other GI disease on there. <laughs> right? Oh my God. Seriously. So um, our diagnostics though, like, of course, we're going to do our baseline blood work, like a CBC and serum biochemistry. So on this, on these blood, the generic blood tests, um, a lot of times it's going to be recommended to, to repeat that blood work uh, prior to the treatment of heartworm right. disease. Just yeah. to assess the organ damage and assess kidney function and liver function and stuff like that too. So it can be expected to see elevated renal values or liver values on our biochemistry. Um, but it could be normal. And then um, of course, as we all know, like we do have serum tests for antigens of adult heartworms um, or ELISA testing. And that can be done a lot of times in clinic to get a yes or no, but that test test can also be negative falsely if like they were recently infected within less than six months. If they, I don't remember what it is. If it's only like it tests. If you have microfilaria, but no adult worms. Yeah. Or is it the other way around? No, because it tests for antigens to adult heartworms. So like if you don't have, adult heartworms then it can test negative 
But we can also do a microfilaria test where you put a drop of blood on a slide and look at it under the microscope and look for microfilaria because those microfilaria are going to be in the smaller peripheral vessels. Um, yeah. It's so funny because um, I've never seen that in person. I've only seen it when people post it on Facebook. You've never seen microfilaria? In person? No. Why would? No. Oh, it's so cool. It's just like little tiny clear worms like swimming through red blood cells. But like, it's just like. Yeah, I've seen it on Facebook, but never in person. It's really cool. It's re- it's one of the, you know how it's like when you find. I think my- if I, if I think if I found that, I'd be like uh is this real (laughs) it's like i said when you find like mass cell you're like this slide looks super cool but like sucks for the pet like right right. (laughs) but anyway utilize your text though and like look at blood smears if you suspect heartworm even if you already got a heartworm positive on like a in-house test just Mm. take a drop of blood and look at a slide it's cool like it's it's a learning experience the worm's can be hard to find but they wiggle a lot so they're pretty as i say it probably depends on like the the load of microfilaria too mm-hmm. yeah like some there are a couple slides where i like scan and scan and scan and then i only find one and i'm like oh and i barely find it like because it's like if there's not a lot of red blood cells around them like then they it don't can be harder to see it can be harder well. to see because you're looking for movement like you're not looking for the worms the worms are clear like you're looking for movement like <laughs> right it's yeah crazy. it is crazy it's like uh ear mites Ugh. i could i could live the rest of my life without seeing a slide of ear mites seriously the, so for your for the I mean, because you obviously you're not staining these slides. So this no. is like a drop of blood, a drop of saline kind of thing. Just a drop of blood and a cover slip. Just a drop of blood and a cover slip. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Everybody should be able to do it. It's fine. Um, A lot of these dogs too, and cats, um, are also going to get chest x-rays. I imagine ferrets fall along the cats too, right? Like you're, it's unlikely to diagnose a ferret with heartworm disease. They're probably just going to die. Probably. Right? Anyway, um, so radiographs are recommended just to assess like for heart damage and lung damage. So treatment for these guys is pretty, pretty cool. I mean, like I strongly recommend looking at the American Heartworm Association website like they have so many good resources for clients for veterinarians like they talk about like that's the protocol you should take to treat heartworm disease right Uh, the treatment first off is going to include like restricting exercise and this is a big deal right like we really need to drive it home with uh clients and pet uh parents that your dog has to be quiet. Like, because again, if those worms dislodge and then lodge somewhere else, like it can cause severe damage and even death. Um, We're going to want to stabilize the disease. So if a pet is symptomatic and like in respiratory distress, of course, we're going to want to stabilize that pet and -hmm. really work around the symptoms. And then of course we can start so at the, at the initial diagnosis of heartworm disease, the protocol is to start heartworm prevention. Um, right. Because and- those kill the microfilaria, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Which is good. The- that, see, see, I know like little to nothing about heartworms. So I'll, mm-hmm. answer, I'll ask those questions. People are like, wait, what? <laughs> Technically heartworm prevention isn't really prevent, like it's preventing microfilaria from maturing into adult worms 
But if you well, already have an adult worm, it's not going to kill it, right? Well, that and like your dog's going to get bit by a mosquito and get infected, even if they're on heartworm prevention. The heartworm prevention just prevents the worm from maturing. Oh, that's so crazy. Okay. And forming disease. Like, so, um, and then doxycycline is frequently started at this stage too when we're starting heartworm prevention just because of that bacteria that's produced by the heartworms. And then two months after starting heartworm prevention, then the dog needs to come back and get an injection of melarsomine. I just know it as amidocide. I was going to say, what is that? Oh, yeah, I, I know amidocide. Yeah. That's the brand. I Got wonder... It. So it's been like 10 years since I've done a heartworm treatment, right? Like, so is amidocide has to be easier to get now than it used to be. Dude, you, you're asking me? I have no clue. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my question of the week. So we'll get there. Like, I used to have to order it from like France and stuff. Like it was. What? Yeah, it was super hard to get. And it was, it's super expensive. I'm going to use the brand name because imidacide is easier for me to say. So imidacide though kills adult heartworms. And then one month after the first injection, then they get two. And these injections are given in the lumbar muscle. Like it's given IM. You have to shave and do a surgical prep of the area and you have to use a long needle. Um, And then of course, I already said these pets need to be like restricted activity, especially after imidacide is given because once those worms start to die again they can like dislodge and lodge somewhere else uh and we these pets are frequently monitored for at least 24 hours in clinic after the depending on the load like um after the first injection because they can have a reaction to the proteins of the heartworms dying and they can have anaphylaxis and things like that too um so it is important to monitor these guys after their injection. So anyway, so <laughs> oh my God. timeline is diagnosed, start heart and prevention and doxycycline. And then two months after that, you're going to give the first injection. One month after the first injection, they're going to come back and get two additional injections, but 24 hours apart. So they get one injection and then 24 hours later, they get the, well, they get the third injection technically. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and I, the, the ones that I've seen, I, cause I've only seen one actual treatment. Um, they, I remember that pet being really painful. Like yeah. so I they, hated the IM injection. Like, I mean, well, you've had an IM injection before. It does suck. And it's like, it's not like point. I was going to say it's a large volume too. A larger volume for sure. Yeah. And so a lot of these pets do experience like localized pain, swelling, soreness with movement because we're sticking a long needle in their lumbar muscle. Um, It can happen based on like your surgical, your surgical prep and cleanliness of the area. They can get sterile abscesses at the site of the injection. It's rare, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times these pets are started on corticosteroids just to reduce the inflammation associated with the dying worms because Again, these worms are dying and they're floating around the vascular system in the dog. And that alone can cause inflammation within the vessels. So a lot of times corticosteroids are started. Um, I'm glad to see though, like based on like my research, like the method of giving imidacide hasn't changed much since I last gave it 10 years ago. I know it sounds like, sounds like the treatment we did. The only thing is, is now corticosteroids are like, 
suggested but like not necessary versus like when I was given it like we gave pred and doxy to everybody <laughs> yeah huh and then of course so client communication for this disease is that all dogs should really be tested annually uh, and then this should be done at like routine preventative care visits yep. as well as informing clients the risks of heartworm disease Puppies under seven months of age can be started on heartworm prevention. A lot of these dogs are started on heartworm prevention around their 16 week vaccination. So, um, but it does take at least six months for a dog to test positive after it's become infected. And then um, a dog should be tested six months after the initial, like you start a puppy at the 16 week mark. They right. should be tested at seven months eight months, nine months, nine months of age, um, six months after just to make sure that everything is okay and that they're heartworm free. And then they can move to yearly after that. And then mm -hmm. adult dogs, um, <clears throat> not previously on heartworm prevention, it's recommended to test for heartworm disease before starting prevention, just to make sure that they're okay. It's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Like, because it's recommended to test them before starting heart prevention, but if they test positive, it's recommended to start heart prevention. I think part of that is, is we just want to know, like, do you have adult worms? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is a, there is a method out there. I didn't talk about it, but like for treatment, there is a method of like the slow kill method where basically you start a dog on high doses and high doses of heart prevention, such as heart guard. I've seen it work. It's not like technically heartworm prevention is supposed to just kill microfilaria and not adult worms, but like I've seen it work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's that option. Um, of course, when we're talking to clients, if there's been a lapse in prevention, like if they've missed one or more doses or if they're late, I, I've always been lax on the whole lateness because like I've talked with heartworm prevention companies and they're like, technically your heartworm prevention is good for 45 days. And like, I yeah. give it late. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so it is recommended to test six months after the missed dose, just to make sure that we are still testing negative. Um, and then of course, too, if a, their pet has been treated for heartworms, then we need to make sure that clients are aware of what to watch for. So coughing, gagging, vomiting, diarrhea, loss of appetite. They can have excessive sluggishness or lethargy. They can show signs of respiratory distress and coughing up blood are signs Ooh. of a serious problem that they need to seek ER care like immediately. Because it, again, as I said, like once the worms start dying, like it can cause issues after the fact. These pets need to be kept quiet for a long time. <sighs> I mean, like alone, like the heartworm treatment is what, two, three, four months. It's a four month process. Yeah. Something along those lines. It's crazy. So like they really need to be kept quiet for at least five months just <laughs> if they're seeking treatment. That's crazy. So you're, it's hard because, you know, you, you want to keep them kind of kenneled um, and drugs, drugs are going to be their friend. Yeah. Trazodone every day with, oh yeah. So our cautions for these guys though, I kind of already talked about them though. Like there's a risk of the treatment alone, like 
causing like anaphylaxis or a reaction. Um, there's a risk that the dead heartworms can cause severe respiratory problems, especially if pets are not properly restricted in their activity levels. Um, and these, these uh, risks can occur several days to up to six weeks after treatment. Okay. Yeah, it's a harm disease is no joke. It's like parvo. It's like one of those things where like, I've seen it so often that like, to me, it doesn't seem as serious. Yeah. I need to go back to like my externship day when I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> um, right. There's post-treatment complications, again, that can include coughing, uh, coughing up blood, labored breathing, lack of energy, lack of appetite, fever. Um, so some of these dogs, if they're showing these signs, of course, they're going to need to stay in the hospital longer than just the 24 hours. I've definitely given heartworm treatments or assisted with heartworm treatments and sent the dog home same day. Like it does occur. Um, but some of these dogs do need like oxygen therapy and drugs to just control inflammation and reduce clotting, uh, and just symptomatic care of like the distress of it. So dang, dang heartworms. Parasites are horrible. Parasites are horrible. <laughs> We're all going to die parasites someday. Really? I mean, Let's be I don't real. know though. There's studies out there now. Like I don't remember. A friend and I were talking about how like there's studies out there showing that like back in <laughs> a long time ago, obviously the prevalence of parasites in humans was much higher. Oh, I'm sure. Humans had a better immune response and like lived longer and had less like just normal complications like we have nowadays like Crohn's disease and things like that if they have yeah. like a mild burden of hookworm disease specifically oh, um, no thanks I don't want it to like boost your immune system I mean that's like an appropriate use of your immune system unlike our immune systems these days that like don't get challenged to anything and then they're like wait there's a peanut <laughs> yes. and then just super overreact right yeah like it sucks that a cat could take me out right oh my God. like let alone like if a piece of food could take me out i mean i i feel like most cats can take people out but what you're talking about is like the immune rate reaction to cats yeah yeah <laughs> around a cat like i could die right <laughs> like, exactly it's a little different than the cat attacking you which they would do but it like almost sucks worse for those people who are allergic to peanuts like if they just breathe around a peanut they could die i know well there's there's people that breathe around animals and they could die that's what i mean like it's just it's mind-blowing like my husband's walnuts and cashews so like of course those are the nuts that i haven't given my children but now i kind of regret that decision because if i would have given it to them when they were younger like maybe Maybe. have a reaction to it versus like eight and eleven like i've never had a cashew or a walnut like oh boy I think I made them develop the allergy that my husband has. Like. <laughs> but like, they're not technically uh, allergic to it because we've never tried it. I'm convinced that between now and like, since they were born, like they've probably come across a walnut and I'm just unaware of it. But like, probably like they probably have cashews. I, I get that. They, they probably haven't come across those. Like I eat cashews and they don't die. Like neither does my husband, but like, yeah, yeah. Huh. The immune system's weird. Yeah. Uh 
anyway and it's crazy to think what heartworms and the little bacteria can do yeah in your blood vessels nope tip of the week is remember to give your heartworm preventative (laughs) i'm the worst when it comes to that no no no! i'm the worst because i don't know if my dog ever had it but again in an area where they really could get it like my dogs can get it and probably will get it if i don't give it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um the other tip of the week is uh, it's the tip of the week currently live in gated communities just saying Mosquitoes can come inside. <laughs> Mosquitoes can't come inside. <laughs> These are all tips for clients, not right. <laughs> Trying to think. Oh, uh, my question of the week: What is the the craziest thing you've heard from a client about heartworm disease? Yeah. So the gated community one, hundred percent, is like a thing. I've heard it. Yeah. My, I want to say, I think the craziest thing I've ever heard about it is like the clients that come in and they're like, I give my dog tobacco every month to prevent heartworm disease. And now for the question of the week. Oh, you've never heard like people. No. Do- First like- of all, I don't live in a heartworm area. Second of all, I don't live in a tobacco growing area. I mean, neither do I. I've never asked where these people are getting the tobacco from. Like, I picture them cutting open cigarettes and being like, and like sprinkling it on their food because that's healthy and like tobacco is not toxic to dogs at all. But like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or diatomaceous earth. That's a big one. People give diatomaceous earth. Oh, that, yeah. The diatomaceous earth thing is like a huge like thing right now. I think someone, I think this was for fleas, but someone poured like tar on their dog to prevent fleas. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a wild ride in this vet med field. <laughs> like, yeah, I've heard, I've heard some crazy things, but I would like to hear what other people across the country or across the world have heard. I like, I imagine that heartworms are prevalent in like Australia, South America. <laughs> heartworms are not prevalent in australia because if they were they would actually be so big they'd eat the animals that's true they would just like <laughs> like they're them. actually called <laughs> snakes in australia <laughs> yeah heartworms are just snakes in australia <laughs> all right <laughs> on that lovely note guys <laughs> um we hope you guys have a wonderful week uh let us know some of your crazy heartworm stories and um yeah uh anything else we need to touch on before we head out for the day no because we'll probably just touch on it in the next episode we're going to record i know (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we'll have a wonderful day keep getting your learn on and we'll talk to you next week bye guys have a wonderful week uh let us know some of your crazy heartworm stories and um yeah uh anything else we need to touch on before we head out for the day no because we'll probably just touch on it in the next episode we're going to record i know (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we'll have a wonderful day keep getting your learn on and we'll talk to you next week Bye, bye guys
you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.